First of all, welcome. The title of this evening's Dharma talk is Who's Paranoid? Who's Paranoid? Who's, who's Paranoid? Who is Paranoid? Who is Paranoid? Everyone experiences that kind of uh, trepidation or fear or on some level for something, a, a concern about something something is going to go wrong or go, go awry and we're not going to be able to control it and it's, uh, it seems to be moving somewhere in the shadows of our mind or in the shadows of our environment, our neighborhood, our nation, and so on and so forth, or in the skies. So I, I didn't look up the dictionary definition of paranoid. You can do that if you want. But it's basically a, some kind of fear that seems to be kind of perpetuates itself and feeds on its own uh, uh, contracted energy. The energy that contracts is sometimes uh, in the Yogacara tradition is referred to as the, the seventh consciousness. The first five of the sense fields, the sixth is the thinking process, the basic fundamental thinking process. And the eighth is called the Alaya Vijna or storehouse consciousness. These are just ways of breaking down consciousness. It doesn't mean that that's all of it, that there isn't something that was left out, the very nature of consciousness is something is left out but it's going to get found so the seventh consciousness of that area of the mind that is concerned worried freaked out or doesn't know what's coming or needs to secure itself by explaining things ahead of time i know there's fear i know something's going to happen that i don't have any control over say sober and i'm afraid this is going to get a hold of me they can be in the it could be as some someone or something or some situation manipulating you. It can show up in so many different ways. The fundamental nature of this is it's, it's generated and is unreal. And you, we can't fundamentally find the source of that at paranoia because that is a, to say that it's a labyrinth is an exaggeration. Now, I'm not saying there aren't people that can't explain this and make me look like a fool. Wouldn't be too hard because I'm already pretty foolish. But going into the conceptual area of this, and and what do they call that? Somebody recently called it Buddhist bleeding. I wonder who that was. You know who you are. So if you're really intelligent, you can explain and show. You can find proofs. You can uh, make. Uh, an exaggeration look like a fact. And especially if you can do it on a frequency that vibrates with the fundamental paranoia that people call the truth. No investigation. The paranoia gets covered up. If as long as you see this paranoia, then, then there's some intelligence happening. You actually see that you're, uh, say, kind of full of it in that area. So it's just not the quaking, shaking in your boots or something like that. It's the actual seeing that I, me, I'm actually believing some something that seems very believable, yet there's some something about that doesn't quite, because we continue to look at it. You could say possibly because we have a, uh, we have an awareness practice. We have a, 
we're training our minds to see clearly, see what this is, not believe in something or disbelieve in something or ignore something, but actually see fundamentally what is in front of you at any given moment if there is a an in front of you. I wanted to not take that for granted either. It's always about, as you've said, heard me say 5,000 times, it's always about awareness, not about what shows up in the mind stream. So in order to uh, work with this paranoia, whether it's a family member or whether it's in your sangha, because that shows up there also, there's no area of society or your, the workplace or families or um, cult, various cultures that may show up differently. Some perhaps more intense and create more inter inter interference or chaos than others. But no one, don't believe anything I say, don't believe it. But no, there's no one who's fundamentally responsible or to blame that kind of responsibility for they did this. No one who's fundamentally responsible for anything. I'm happy to respond to questions at some point about this because I can explain it probably. And if I can't, then you can show me how I am incorrect. I'm not here to have a conversation particularly or argue with you argue with you about anything. But if you feel like your understanding is uh, further than what I'm talking about here, come on. Does that sound like a challenge? Does it? All I'm doing is saying I'm here and I see something. I see something and I speak out of what I see. I don't speak out of what I know. I don't speak out of what I'm happy with. I don't speak out of what I'm afraid of. I haven't gotten rid of anything. So, Gwen. Please, Gwen. Um, um, sometimes you say that we're responsible for everything. What's the difference between responsibility and blame, Howie? Blame is the, is the singularity of blaming someone for something, even though they did... Uh, steal your car and blaming them and the law will take them to court and or take them to jail or whatever even though that cause and effect of course that's happening of course it's happening all over those kinds of simple she did he did they did this therefore that's the way most of the materialistic world works so and i can go into that in more detail if you wish about how that how oh, that is appearing over here. But to go into, when I say you're responsible for everything, I'm saying you're not separate from anything. So therefore, you're responsible, just like you're responsible for, uh, if you have a child, a five-year-old, you're responsible for them. You need to watch, make sure they don't, I sometimes say, just protect them, make sure that they don't get into trouble or get into areas that where they're going to, be harmful to themselves or to others. It doesn't, it doesn't take a lot of kind of correcting. That may even backfire on you. You have to meet the situation where it's at. You're responsible to train your mind so that you can see clearly. Because when you're born, you are probably born with a lot of causes and conditions called karma that show up 
and blur your clarity about what is in front of you. If you are free and well favored, in other words, free to even show up in this kind of an environment and you're well favored enough in your karma to not be uh, double loaded so that you're, you can't see through the first uh, ignorance and in the second and the third on top of that is stopping you from seeing any any deeper than your your opinions about things. Your ideas, your conclusions, your beliefs, your hopes, your fears, all of that stuff is running you. Even though death comes without warning, you kind of say, well, yeah, I know well, everybody dies. You know, yeah, everybody dies. So I'm just going to do it this way. I'm going to join this. I'm going to object to that and agree with this and wind ourselves in up in knots trying to avoid uh, the hell realm, the hungry ghost realm, the animal realm, and even the human realm. If we can stay in the God realm, that's pretty good. Let's just maintain that until we come apart. So you're responsible. That means you have the ability to respond to, th to everything that occurs. Anything that happens is, uh, is your responsibility. It's also none of your business. You've heard me say that. That may sound contradictory to you. It isn't. It may sound like it because of the way you're handling those descriptions or those words or, the, or what has happened happening to you in just your daily life, what is coming and going in that area of responsibility or blame or cause and effect or meddling or not meddling, minding your own business, uh, actually stepping into what looks like somebody else's business and saying, I would stop doing that. You should stop doing that. That's, that's very difficult to do with any kind of fundamental confidence if you're not sure of who you are, if you're not what the, sure what this world is, and if you're operating out of an intense grasping and conviction about relative truth, about right and wrong, good and evil, up and down, back and forth. I'm not saying it isn't everywhere. I'm just saying that that's a surface uh, summation or a surface analysis of it, which is relatively pretty accurate. Somebody is bad and does something that is uh, terrible. Cheers, I'm bowing. Go ahead, please. If the thing that we are paranoid about is actually occurring, does that change our responsibility to it at all, bowing? Well, situationally, it could. But, but it needs to be, but, and it need, we need to be clear about what that is happening. So don't do anything unless you have to. Now, obviously, if the house is burning down, uh, you don't have much time. So you might want to get out of there. That kind of imminence. But quite often, we actually have the time to look rather than abandoning what is showing up because we don't see what it is. We don't understand what, what it is. So we... Um, the cowardly aspect of the self-centeredness of the ego is to conclude something because it's just feels safer. Well, I need to do something because it's just too vague. Uh, uh, I don't know what's going to happen. And what I'm telling you is don't abandon anything. Don't grasp at anything. Don't ignore anything. Do nothing with it. If it's moving, receive it. If it's moving towards you, receive. If it's moving away, just acknowledge that it's moving away. You don't even have to know which direction it's going by say it's leaving. If you really see clearly what is happening, you won't, you won't be particularly selective about coming or going or the past or the future. Jeez, I'm dying. 
how can I relate to a situation when I'm constantly strategizing around it and trying to build patterns of behavior? So that's the only way you could do it is by seeing, look what you've just described, what you're, you described, what is arising in your mind stream. That's, you're doing that. I'm not saying that something that doesn't uh, come up and give it a second opinion, like I think I'm confused and I don't know what to do next. That's already, that's always gonna be going along with that, but that's, that's just, just the chatter, the commentary of the ego mind. It's, it's also dependently risen. Don't be too concerned about uh, how you feel about what is happening or what you think about what is happening. And I'm also not saying go the other way and just don't think and be a non-thinker like sometimes it's taught in Buddhist uh, teachings and teachers say, just don't think about it. Like Kategori Roshi said to Shoho Mike Newhall when he was back in 1974 or five, when he said, was explained to him how upset he was about something. He Kategori said, we just don't think about it. <laughs> Joe and I both struggled with that. <laughs> like, what the hell does he mean? We were both quite upset with. Well, I, I don't know if, how upset Joe was. He, he might have handled that just fine. But my memory was, it was just aggravating to me to have somebody, the Zen monk, telling you, I don't think about it. Yes, sir. Shoka. Shoka Bind. What is paranoia without protection? Freedom keep coming. It's not that funny. What is freedom? No, uh, no, no bars, no walls, no prison, ultimate freedom. You won't even know you're free. If you know you're free, then it might have, might be a few cages off in the corner. You've got to crawl through that. Good question. Don't stop there. How can I use the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha to see that freedom? Just continue. Return to the Buddha. Return to the teacher. Return to the, to the historical Buddha. Return to your personal teacher. Uh, return to the Dharma, the, those aspects of the Dharma that uh, you feel closest to or most connected that seem to describe what it is that you're dealing with personally. Return to the Dharma in terms of the forms that, that occur in the monastery. Chanting the sutras, reminding us of this incredible 2,500-year-old lineage back to the time of the Buddha, men and women. And just continue to, because the mind wants to wander around and back into the, uh, back into the uh, cave of demons, spoken of as a, a metaphor. So just continue to return to the Buddha, the Dharma, the Sangha, especially the community, which is quite often. Is that funny? You're smiling. Return to the community. As, as, uh, the interesting thing about the, the Sangha, the Dharma community, is these are people you would never pick particularly as friends. I mean, you might be friendly with these people, but if you've got to practice and work and live with these particular people, the reason it's so difficult is people that conventionally in our materialistic society that we choose as friends are people who they might see our trip and see how we confuse ourselves, but they just have a, a connection with us that's more about just giving us a break, never really criticizing us very much and loving us 
no matter how insane we act. Whereas a Sangha, are probably not going to do that because you are together because of your connection with a teacher or with the Buddha, with the teaching or with what your teacher is saying and with the Sangha or the, the Sangha or community of the, the Buddha historically or your personal Sangha, your Dharma brothers and sisters, especially in your case, since you're fully ordained as a novice monk. Shivalang, earlier you said that there are so many ways that paranoia can show up. I'm wondering what are the, the ways, what are some of the ways that paranoia... just, just just generally just a fear of anything, fear of, of not knowing what's happening, fear of uh, people talking behind your back, not knowing what they're saying. And part of that comes from you talking behind people's back. I'm not just saying you, but but what you're projecting onto others is actually happening with you. You're actually the person who's doing that. You're already aware of this. Everybody's aware of this to some extent. You, and it's not that you can't talk about others, but just look at the quality. Or not that you can't uh, talk about others without actually being gossip. Gossip seems to be kind of a just a wanting to get some kind of something up on everything else or be a little bit ahead of everything can be pretty mean, can be somewhat funny, but it can also be extremely mean, cruel, even. So that's why you hear me say uh, the kind of little slogan thing that I showed up because I, I see how much the first one is missed. Communicate, cooperate, collaborate, but the communication has to be incredibly high for you to cooperate. Otherwise, you're cooperating based on presumptions about what other people are doing or what they're saying or thinking or how they're acting instead of being communicating so much that you're extremely clear about not knowing. Extremely clear. Clarity about, about clarity is ridiculous. Clarity about confusion is powerful. Mm -hmm. How do two people communicate so clearly that they see that they don't know. Don't you have any experience of that? It's a valid question. I would say it's just a matter of, it's uh, individual, different causes and conditions, but uh, the, the fundamental way that I um, see it, and when you ask the question, is just continue, continue to practice, return to, return, return to the Buddha, return to the Dharma, return to the Sangha, continually return. This is difficult realm to be in the human realm without any structure. Most people don't have this. This is extremely rare for people to get together and talk about the, the nature of the mind, the nature of reality, without just it just being some kind of belief in Buddhism or belief in Christianity or belief in any kind of spiritual path or mundane path. Shokabang, it seems like when we begin to practice, Shokabang, it seems like when we begin to practice and you teach us things like 90-10, where we listen or receive 90% of the time and talk 10. There's a, an understanding of the contrast of, of what receiving is because we produce so much. But earlier today, you talked about receiving in a, a deeper way. So what does it mean to receive something beyond just not producing? Was that when I was talking to Shoto? Yes. Shoto, what did I say? 
I remember, I remember that you're the one I talked to about that, but you need to provide the structure of it. You do something and then you say something and then you continue to produce, uh, though, uh, though the person, while the person that you've asked is responding to you. Is that pretty close? Yeah. So just receive it. You're receiving the way you can train yourself to do that is as you are endeavoring to receive what's being said, also receive without any differentiation, particularly receive your little additions to what's coming towards you. You don't have to get rid of them. You don't have to stop them. Even though I say, don't add, I know we, we can't do that. We're dependently risen. So we're gonna be always trying to protect ourselves or add on or anything that's coming our way that looks a little bit threatening, we'll add on to it and which happening when you notice that, but Shoto does, and he's one of the worst monks here. <laughs> See, it's not gossip if I say it in public, right? It's only when I go behind the corner and say, around the corner and say, Shoto, and he's wearing a robe. <laughs> so what's happening uh, on, the, on the acknowledging, uh, but Shoto is a brilliant person, not a compliment, just a description. If I were to compare something, he's far more intelligent than I am from the point of view of, of cutting through concepts and using moving con conceptual thought processes to conjure up particular stances in terms of consciousness of correct and correct. Is that clear? But when he does this, I'm not accusing Shoto of anything, but you brought it up. It's about him. <laughs> it was a sneaky way for you to get out of the spotlight. <laughs> so what's happening with some and with a lot of people who are highly gifted uh, intellectually and intelligence, when they produce, they as soon as they produce to you, they're so skilled, just naturally skilled, either born with that or some training, perhaps. But a lot of it is just being born with that kind of a dynamic. As soon as you you are, as soon as they've said what they've said, and you're endeavoring to respond, they're already generating other ideas or options or alternations. To, they're they're actually changing what they said into something else. So when you respond, they're not sure what they even ask you. We've done that. A few, we've been through that a few times. Where I come back and say, "What did you ask me?" And so it is about. What, what, what we're going through here using Shoto and using uh, talking to uh, uh, Shoka's uh, question and so on is it's extremely complicated. And the, the ego mind, the self-centered mind, samsara uh, in the grip of ego or self-centeredness or this internal oligarch is so powerful that it can convince you that everything you think and everything you do is correct and you're doing great and everyone else is kind of wrong or quite wrong. And we do that by laminating, by double, doubling over the thought process. And you have, first you have the first interpretation, then you have the other ones on top of it. So everything always works in what? The favor of the one who, if you really begin to see what the root was, paranoia. Just fear of, fear of non-existence or fear of being nobody, or fear of being not, not worth anything, piece of crap. And you don't want that, so we build up. And then if anybody comes along, and that's that's hidden down. You have that big pile of, of what you what you really suspect may be the problem. And so we build up a kind of a 
a layer of, of just accusing somebody else. It doesn't really show up to you as paranoia, though it might to somebody else who has had a, an overview of it. They might say, that, that looks like paranoia. But to you or to me or to anyone who is doing that, it just looks like the truth. They're, they're, uh, that situation is dangerous, shouldn't be happening. They shouldn't be doing that. That person shouldn't be treating me this way. I mean, we could go on and on. So what is it about from this point of view? It's about being aware of that. Don't repair anything. Don't fix anything. Uh, because if we, fix, if we try to fix something, then the fixation, uh, the, you know, the fixing of something is, ties into the circularity of relative truth. And it looks like a, you know, it doesn't look like a Band-Aid. It looks like you've actually repaired that. So it's no longer an issue. That keeps us spinning on the wheel of samsara, going around and around, birth and death, up and down, back and forth, right and wrong, Buddhas and sentient beings, awakening and delusion. Those are not separate. Further questions? Shoto. Shoto, um, what I took away from that, um, I think it was in book study, what we're talking about with my, the whole situation you just described, mm -hmm was that going into that, I thought that watching how I did that was receiving. And it seemed like you were saying that that, that wasn't the case, like receiving that that was actually a kind of production that I was watching. Or is that how, is that what you Somewhat. And the way I was, what, the way I was referring to that is you'd actually forgotten what you said because you were busy producing more around that, that was explaining to you how you were actually receiving explaining that you're receiving or validating that you're receiving is not receiving. It's just more production, but the production is meant to secure and protect that identity that is so paranoid. So you don't appear to me or to anyone else particularly like you're paranoid. Are you? Anybody here not paranoid? <laughs> uh, Soaker, I'm guess who raised their hand. <laughs> oh. Question? Yeah. Go ahead. Sure, going. So if I'm doing that, and that's what I've concluded receiving is, watching that production, yes. how do I get to a more fundamental receiving? Yeah, just continue. You're, the way you describe that, you're just continue, just continue doing that. And if you start to accumulate uh, some kind of artificial or relative confidence around it, just watch that. Don't correct that. Don't correct artificiality by using your, your powerful insight of being able to judge and split hairs on things. It's a trap. It's, it's more devastating to ego than that. It's devastating. And unless you're ready for that, if you're keeping anything back or you're going to be this kind of intelligent person who understands all of this, you have work to do. And it might not show up in this lifetime, but if you take this lack of understanding into the back into the elements when the body-mind collapses, uh, awareness doesn't go anywhere. There is no time and space left for it to go anywhere. Those are, those are relative situations. This is ultimate. This area is ultimate, but it can still show up um, polarized because of the power 
of consciousness finding its own form. And if that form is still believing in this and disbelieving in that, it's going to continue. How do I know? I don't know. I don't have any knowledge. Like I know a bunch of, collected a bunch of information. Do you know what does it mean to not have the ability to respond? What do you mean? I'm just looking for the contrast to that responsibility. It's, it seems to be, there are different ways this could show up, but it seems to be just fixation. Just we fixate on what we think something is. It's over there, it's there, it's their business, none of my business, that's not my problem. Like someone who is extremely wealthy, looking out over the world and seeing all the horrible suffering that goes on, the, the, the poverty, the sickness that we, these days we can see on television every day. And yet the person who is, could actually do something about that, I can name a few and I'm sure you can. I think your boss is pretty wealthy. You guys know who he works for. I'm not going to say. Because I know gossip very much. So, but these people, uh, we, we look at that and we say, these people, they're probably in their own mind, they're doing the best they can. You know, they're operating in a way. And quite often people who who live in a, or kind of uh, tend to arise into some kind of a God realm where they you just seem to be richer, better looking and have uh, more than everybody else. They, they, they will even say, Oh, I, I worked my way up. I, they totally ignore dependent origination because they believe so solidly in an independent person who can accomplish something. You can't just decide to be an opera singer. You know, I think I'll study opera and be an opera singer. That's not, I'm not saying that that couldn't do something there, but opera singers, Placido Domingo, didn't practice really hard, so he could do that. He was born that way. Not that he didn't work a little bit. But we have an example right in our midst right here, a roomy guy, Tomchik, Kambayol, pretty astonishing little person. Not even a compliment. It's just amazing that somebody two and a half years can two and a half years old can memorize a song that I I, I can't remember all the words myself, and it's a, a song I really love. It's just amazing. So is it because he practiced really hard? No, he came into this world with that kind of a situation. That doesn't mean he isn't going to have some kind of other difficulty we haven't even seen yet. So no guarantee of anything. But what an astonishing thing to watch, to see three children born and one is, has a lot of clarity, a lot of just basic sanity. And then another person is totally susceptible to, to just the insanity of the world and can't seem to get a handle on, uh, to use the literal way of talking about it, a handle on anything. They're confused and they're torturing themselves and making, making their parents upset because they're spinning in circles and getting in trouble or what have you. Dependent origination. If it's if it's ignored, then if you're at the bottom of the pile, uh, suffering, and, and you're in uh, Palestine or someplace like that, you know, what do you do? Uh, mother or father over there with children. What do you do? And then you have people a little ways away who think they run everything. And it, relatively speaking, 
That's it's an interesting construct, but I can say something here, and this is not a prediction, but this is a description of something, and I'm not condemning anybody to anything, but the person that's in this country shooting their rockets to this, or the person that's in this, this country shooting, those people uh, will go back into the intermediate state and come up on opposite sides. It's the very nature of duality. The one who kills this person in the Crusades comes back in the Civil War, and then, then it turns around, and then, then that person kills the other person. It's called uh, transactional rebirth. And it's extremely transactional because, because of the intense grasping at a self who can be right, the intense grasping at a self who can be uh, wrong, or be just be terrible, just I can't do anything right, everything I... That's also uh, a form of self-centeredness. That's uh, something that I don't know that there is in other ways it can be done. Perhaps uh, psychoanalysis in some ways can work with that relatively and make some headway. <clears throat> but I'm very biased in this area. It looks to me the only way that, it, that you can fundamentally uh, prepare for uh, your dismissal from this realm, the human realm. In other words, death is to find out who you are. So you see that who you are is neither this person nor is it separate from this person. That's why it's so damn hard. Is because you can't get a reference point. You can't find the center. You can't find the fringe. Those are ego concepts. Further questions are good. Choto. Choto Bowling. Earlier when you were talking about paranoia, you brought up how it was relatively generated or unreal. Um, when you talk about something being unreal, like paranoid, does that mean we can live without it? We can live without it? Yeah. <clears throat> what is it you're, where is it going with that? Like I said, you're quite a bit smarter than I am. So I need, I need you to help me so I can help you. When I hear that it's unreal, it it shows up to me as if you're saying it's unnecessary. Well, then this necessary part is part of the materialism. Necessary, unnecessary are just unnecessary. More? I answered part of your question. Is that, is that one part? Can you remember what you asked? Or are you thinking of something else? <laughs> I don't remember that. What? I don't even remember that. <laughs> you don't remember that? It's a good, if you can keep going. Uh, uh, so I'm, I'm, I meet things where they're at. I don't generate much. I generate some, but I watch people generate towards me and they generate ideas, uh, communications, conversations and whatever, and I receive them. And I may respond in some way, and I may not. I may just smile and say, glad you're doing okay, or what? could do any number of things. But if, if it's functioning as a, a Dharma teacher and it's a question, then I respond to what you're asking rather than add up things. Follow me a little bit? So, mm -hmm. no? How's it now? More? Sure, Bowing. If, if something's unreal, Will it continue to show up if we're clear about it? Sure, we could. But you won't mind if it shows up. You won't mind if it goes away. 
you don't mind if it goes back and forth. You just, it's just, it's just coming and going. It's just illusory. As long as there's a human form here and your consciousness is showing up uh, as this particular being in this particular time and place, then whatever's coming and going, there's no, there's no commentary on it. When somebody comes towards you, you don't say unreal or something is, you don't, there's no kind of, there's no explanation of what it's all about happening in your mind. And this is why whatever comes towards you is, is your own nature. Whatever goes away is your own nature. You're not separate from what's coming or going. Nor are you identical with it. It's very difficult to use conceptual communication. But when, if you see what this is, then there's an inspiration, especially when somebody gives you permission to respond in this way and asks you uh, questions or inquiries based on fundamental understanding, then the person who functions in this situation as a teacher uh, uses concepts to point to, to what the fundamental situation is, which is empty of self, empty of other. If those are concepts, yeah, I can see where things are empty of thoughts are empty of a thinker or uh, you know, any kind of moving things around conceptually. Watching our questions come out of an area that's deeper than the concepts. Say that again, paraphrase yourself. Help me out. Sort of bowing. Can, can we ask questions that aren't superficial? Yeah, I think so. I mean, yeah, I'd say so. <clears throat> I'm not saying your questions are superficial. I'm saying sometimes <clears throat> you put too many dogs on the trail. You know, you send one out, the first question, and then you have a bunch of others all lined up behind that. So then I go back and go to the original inquiry that was there and want to talk about that. And you've kind of lost track of that. You see it? Yeah, that's all I'm saying. It's not an accusation. In, in some sense, it's a compliment because you're, you know, you if you were in a court of law, I mean, Andy Sick wouldn't have a chance. <laughs> Would you? <laughs> I, 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 I'm not saying Andy Sick is a brilliant fellow. Of course he is. But I'm saying that kind of being able to move back and forth. The reason you have difficulty with me is I don't have any, I'm not particularly fixated on anything. And if I am, I'm very aware of the fixation. And I don't try to be somebody else. So therefore, that is challenging to you. That's why you're probably why you're a monk. Because you met somebody. But shadow bowing. Um, you'll often say to not correct or fix anything. I do. And that's the way you've been describing my situation has been very accurate the same way I would describe it. So if I'm seeing that situation show up and it seems like the same way that you're talking about it, is there a more direct or basic way I can begin to relate to how I talk or oh, you're doing it. You're already aware of what I'm pointing at it. You're already aware of it. <clears throat> and now, you know, I know about it too. 
your little friend there's smiling. So does she know something we don't? <laughs> Juju, any comment? Sounds right. <clears throat> Sounds right. More? Sure, Bonnie, there's just, there is a quality of that it's not enough to just see that I do that. Okay. Is there more to do with that? No, just there's more in the sense of just keep doing that. Yes, in that way. Keep return to the Buddha, the Dharma, the Sangha, return to the cushion, return to the mind that is doing that. Nothing lasts. But if you but if you don't see the passion, aggression, and ignorance, you don't see the pushing, the pulling, and the shutting down or the fixation, then it tends to persist and it can persist until you until you die. But if you begin to work with it now, which is what you're doing, and which uh, because of what I've seen in my life as a person, uh, that's why this is here. I see the incredible need to have a strong uh, three jewels, the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha. It's very important to do that in order to have some kind of a structure. That doesn't mean you believe in it. You don't have to it doesn't have to be really just in a conventional sense, but it's very necessary to have some kind of a structure where you have somebody that you can give the benefit of the doubt to, if not trust, at least consider them, which is in this case, this person. And what is being taught, not only the traditional teachings going back through all the sutras, back to the, the, the early uh, teachings of the Buddha, right up through all the lineage holders, and it'll take your pick, any direction. And they're all saying the same thing in different ways, basic Buddha Dharma. And then the Sangha of the community, which is the community that we recite their names from the time of uh, Maha Pajapati through Queen Sramala, through Machik Lapdrama, how do we mention her? Machik Lapdrama and, the, women, and the, the mother lineage. So plus all the men that have been, it's important to do that. It's important to acknowledge, even though it might feel like uh, we're just reciting names. No. <laughs> No, you're not just reciting names. What are you doing? You're reciting names. It doesn't even matter if uh, it wasn't really that person. Uh, Sekito Kison really wasn't there. It was uh, Joe Blow. It, wasn't, it doesn't matter. It's, the, it's what you're doing. It's what you're doing. Not is there some kind of relative reality out there that is uh, true. That's why, that's why the Buddha is right here. That's why when Trungpa Rinpoche the Dorji Dradla Mukpo passed away. It was like a non-experience because who he is can't die. It doesn't mean that he's some kind of holy dude, but what he represented, what he was pointing at is still here, his body-mind complex. In fact, this is the anniversary today, the 31st anniversary of his, uh, his cremation at uh, Carmen Chile. And I was happened to be there and, and uh, I'm the one that made those rainbows in the sky. Oh, we did not get that mixed up all the time. I guess I didn't. But I did see them. Is that, is that just as good? A couple other people on here that were also there. <clears throat> but don't one-up me. Give your own Dharma talk. Yes, sir. Shadow bowing. Um, sometimes you'll say, have to paraphrase a little bit, but if if we really see what's in front of us, or if we really hear what you're saying, we won't know what you're saying. Yes. How is that different than the way I don't know what you're saying? 
What did I tell you? Uh, it's the same. Paraphrase what I just said. It's not different. There's <laughs> <laughs> my man right there. If you didn't have doubts about what you just said, that might be accurate, but you doubt what you just said. Am I correct? So it's not that the doubt is a problem. It's that there's someone there who is a doubter who is worried about being wrong, accusing you of anything. I have it. That's all I know about it. I have not gotten rid of ego. And you don't need to get rid of any kind of ego either, but you might want to take a close look at it. Because each one of you, myself and everyone else, you have, we have our own kind of chemistry about how we protect ourselves in some kind of a way. And it seems to be a little bit different with each person. Just continue to train your mind. Sit down, hold still, watch the movement. When you get up off the cushion and what we call post-meditation, you'll be more clear about what's going and going, not only in the world, other people, but in your own mind stream. When you watch CNN or when you turn CNN on, when you talk to the neighbor or when you go shopping, talk to Sangha members and so on. Uh, John Bowing? Yes, John. Uh, what is the uh, wisdom aspect of paranoia? Not separate from it. It's the same thing. It's identical to it. Now, if somebody else, else asked me that question, I might answer differently, but to you, I'm saying they're the same thing. And thank you for the question. Most welcome. Thank you for your answer. You're welcome. <laughs> yes. Some question from Semi in Portland. Yes, Semi. What happens to the karma that comes from eating meat if one is awakened? You get reborn as a cow. That's meant to be a transcendentally funny statement. Not separate. It's not separate. The karma that shows up as separation, as uh, uh, differentiation and desire uh, is, is just uh, the very nature of suffering. Uh, to be very literal about it, those animals are part of this world. You are those animals. And there's uh, anytime you differentiate between without seeing fundamentally what you're talking about, the difference between a human being and a, and a, and a carrot. Both living beings don't don't go into some kind of well. It's okay to eat carrots. Don't buy into the, the differentiation and desire that that erupts around all of that to keep to allow you to function in the world like a separate being. You're not separate, and if you think you are, you'll torture people without even knowing it, and you'll torture cows because you think you can just eat whatever you want, or you'll torture sticks of celery have to know what this is fundamentally and it's not separate. Sammy, if you have another question around that, I'd be happy to respond. From Shane in Virginia. Shane. Does practice over a long period reduce the extra? And he describes the extra as thoughts, commentary about what's arising. Probably will. Just the very nature of sitting still. This is a relative thing you're doing. You're, you're taking things, something that's normally in movement all the time, body, speech, mind, body, speech, and mind. You're moving around, moving this way. 
you'll notice the body's constantly moving. And when you hold really still, then you begin to see the other areas where it's moving, your digestive tract, your heart beating, your diaphragm, <clears throat> excuse me, pain in your knees, but it's very, very refined and simple and specific. And that, that you could say that stretches or increases the ability of the awareness to look at something without looking at something that's about something else, about something else, about something else, which is just a subconscious chatter that goes on in the minds of people with no mind training. I don't care how brilliant they are. Sometimes it's even more nauseating to be around somebody who's extremely brilliant and yet full of themselves, but are so brilliant that they've got it covered up. And it looks like they're just this humble genius. Was that a good place to end the sentence? Go ahead, Ondo. Ondo Bowing, you often say, um, be like in this case, be the paranoia, paranoia <coughs> that you're trying to get rid of. Excuse me. Yes, I do. Be the paranoia you're trying to get rid of. Yeah. More? Ondo Bowing, what is our responsibility when we're being the paranoid, paranoia that we're trying to get rid of? Should we be communicating that to our Sangha members or to the person that we're paranoid of, if that's the case, Bowie? It's possible, but it's very, very individual and very specific and situational. So don't, don't, don't set up standards. We have enough standards here already. Don't set up forms about anything. Just because if you set up a standard, this is what the standard looks like. It actually stops you from seeing deeply into any given situation. Or, or it just stops you from seeing deeply into that. So if you are willing to actually be that, that means you're willing to let the whole, the whole a wet drapery of paranoia hang over you and be that. You're not going to explode. You're not going to suffocate. But having that kind of a feeling is difficult. It's, and so you're actually, this is sometimes meditation itself. It's called, the, and the Buddhist path itself is called voluntary suffering. You, you realize you're, you're suffering and you're, you're not going to try to get out of it anymore. It's coming. You've got it coming. Not because you're to blame, because there isn't anyone. So you can't be to blame. But it's dependent arisen. So therefore, you're here. You have hands. You can wave. You're, you're functioning as a living being in a, in a world that is uh, the construct here is, is relative truth. But the thing with relative truth, it's only, it's a half truth. It's partially true. It's not completely true. And that's why oligarchs, people in the world, because of the sensitivity of that area is so powerful. They can come in and just lie about everything. We've seen it recently and it happened in Germany, happened with Stalin, of course happened with Hitler, happened with the, happened during the Peloponnesian Wars, just intense lying about everything. And people get confused about what's even true. And then the people who are trying to live a, a relative, kind, loving situation get taken down because there are people that don't care about that. They just want to control everybody. So then we have that other end of the, of the spectrum. And the, the difficulty with that difficulty with the spectrum like that is it just switches because of the very nature of energy is to uh, compensate. And, and, and energy energy knows what it is but when we personalize it then 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 there's then we disrespect the goodness disrespects the evil 
astonishing confusion, confusing structure. And it, and it causes great, great suffering in the world amongst people. Don't you? And a follow-up question from Sunny. Sunny. Does my vegetarianism allow my ego to perpetuate? Uh, maybe, but I wouldn't be concerned with that. If you want to, if you want to eat vegetables, eat vegetables. No, I'm just saying that look at the intention around it and look at the dependent origination that's happening. It's a living being. A mouse is a living being. A mosquito is a living being. This doesn't mean that we shouldn't, uh, when it says in the, the, the grave precepts, don't take life, don't kill. It's not saying, uh, it's, not, it's not saying as a command, saying don't kill. But then if you kill, which you probably are going to kill, because all those precepts are there to be broken. If you haven't heard that from other teachers, you're hearing it from me. That doesn't mean you get permission to, but you're probably going to find yourself in a situation where you lie or whether you steal. The example I gave of stealing that's very, very, um, very difficult to see is, is when you interrupt somebody based on what you think you know what they're saying and you haven't let them get to the period and you start to... Most people, quite often people are polite, so they'll let you interrupt, but you just stole their their thought pattern from them rather than actually receive. You didn't receive that. You said, well, yeah, I know what you're saying there, but what I really meant was this and this and this. And probably the person will probably let you do that. I'm not saying it's evil or bad, but it's, look at the 10 grade precepts. There's a single one in there that you can, you can say you have not broken, even if you're a fully ordained monk. If you think there is, then bring it this way. I'm not trying to challenge you particularly, but I'm saying uh, I, I don't I don't operate out of opinions. I operate out of what I see. And I see it. And I see that there isn't anyone else. So continue to eat salads, semi. Especially asparagus. That's really good. What else is good? Any suggestions from you vegetarians? We're kind of half and half, aren't we? We're half vegetarians and half carnivores. And then there's they're mixed. So the important thing there is to be very respectful of the whole thing. What where the where the, the where the uh, cabbages are coming from, how they're raised. Do people get paid? Or what you're eating? Are you are you are you uh, cooperating with things? This doesn't mean you have to go in and march on uh, at Farmers Market or something with picket signs. But you could you could just be reasonable about it. See see if you can't be with a part of that situation, uh, part of what you're putting in your uh, system to see that it's you could call it ethical, I guess. So grand Yes, yeah, so grand. Go ahead. Does someone who has more access to subtle forms of consciousness or, you know, the veils are thinner and some level, may there be more paranoia that shows up in those situations? Oh my goodness, yes. And my badness, yes. My goodness and my badness. Yeah, if you're, you're, you're a person who is very sensitive, I have several... Uh, several very close students and some distant students are extremely sensitive to 
deeper levels of consciousness. Most of the world doesn't even know about, so they cover them up, just like they cover up everything, everything, like ghosts, aliens, all this stuff, all have their own place. And they're all functioning, healthy and well, in a sense. But yeah, you're, yes, you're, you're sensitive. You could be sensitive. Other people are very sensitive to, to the goings-on in the so-called intermediate state or deeper levels of consciousness. And they are, they're, they're not just so far back. Sometimes in the, in the Buddhist tradition, they try to defend, define all the different worlds. And it's really all they're saying is there's a lot of them. They're countless, endless. Just like your mind stream, if you if just when you're sitting down and uh, practicing meditation, practicing shikantaza, anything can come up. Anything, and whether you're uh, whether you're liberated, whether you're liberated or not, isn't going to make any difference. Liberation isn't going to save you from anything. So, grand bowing for those for those people who are informed by those areas, are they still meant to take responsibility for the paranoia that shows up bowing? What is it you wanna know? Let's get closer to what it is you're looking for. I heard what you said. So Grand Bowing, if you're informed by something that isn't provable, but still may be true, even though people may not be ready to hear it, how do you work with that? Bowing? Very good. It uh, takes a lot of awareness as to what's happening in your mind stream for your apparent separation as a as an ego or as a, a consciousness that that is uh, has a little bit of paranoia going on there about what's going to happen next or what's going to happen next, what's going to happen next, uh, and to see that there really is no next. It's just this, just this. So working in deeper level, uh, as you've heard me say, probably hundreds and hundreds of times, don't believe it, don't disbelieve it, don't look away. And this actually allows you, if you can, and that's not about maintaining that. And the only way you're going to be able to say, maybe even teach that yourself is if there's no one there. There's no solid being. Then the paranoia can do whatever it wants. You can look around for somebody that's paranoid, but your mind stream still may be flooded with all kinds of crazy stuff, scary stuff. Beings with red eyes, as we sometimes talk about, the, the, the very negative appearances of so-called entities and deep levels of consciousness are scary. They're frightening, but not if you, the only way they're frightening you take no position. And how do we do that? Watch the way the, the paranoid mind keeps taking positions. And we'll, we'll do anything to try to protect uh, a self that's unreal. You, you'll know, uh, the only way you'll know that you attain realization, dismissively, but you won't care what happens next. And why? Because there is no next. There isn't any next. Of course there's next, you know. Isn't it time for dinner? That kind of thing. Of course, there's that. We're, we're not getting rid of the relative world. We're just seeing that the relative world, uh, any kind of consciousness that, so whatever in your, uh, to respond a little bit more directly to your question. And uh, let me share you something, share something with you here. 
when I say, in order to respond a little bit more directly to your question, you hear, did you hear me say that? Everybody hear me say that? I have no idea what I'm going to say. Because there isn't anyone here. No one's thinking up things. But that comes out of you. You're giving that to me. You don't know it, but just what I just said without knowing what was going to come next. As I was saying that, I realized, I want to share that with you a little bit so you know that I'm not sitting over thinking over here, sitting here thinking up responses or trying to be helpful. I don't have to try to be anything. What was your name again? Sanho Shoka? What is the translation of that in English? Uh, which one? Both of them. Sanyo's Mountain Pass. Mountain Pass. Shoka's Brightwater Crystal River. Oh, like twinkling water. Okay. And the other one is a mountain path, like something it's, you just can't quite climb it because it's too steep. Um, you drew a temple off in the distance, and then you drew a path to the edge of the rocks here, and you said, this is where you live, and this is where you're going. I'm sort of helpful. That illustrated Dharma talk. Or, you have a question? Shogabang, when you say that you haven't gotten rid of your paranoia, does that arise or as you don't know what you're going to say or do next? Like, am I worried about what's going to... I've already I've given up trying to protect anybody over here. If you value the teachings of Sokozan and you would like to support his teaching work and the functions of Sokukoji Buddhist Temple Monastery, which also supports monk and practice residents, please consider giving a donation by visiting our website at sokukoji.org.